Welcome back. It is the postseason edition of State Champs Indiana Hang Time presented by Lawrence Technological University. My name is Greg Rakestraw, joined as always by Bob Stambazzi. Hello, my friend. How you doing? Good, good, good day. I mean, hey, I am so pumped for the weekend. Let's get this bad boy started. It was exciting. LTU offers two dozen varsity sports. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. More on that later in the program. Tell me about your week following the Wabash County teams. Well, we, we started over 2A at Bluffton with Wabash uh, uh, going over there and taking on County Rival, not County Rival, Conference Rival, Whitco, and came out very sluggish and approved uh, uh, their devices. Uh, they just could not come back, and they dropped a heartbreaker uh, to, to Whitco by the score of 56 to 48. So the next night, we made the return trip as Manchester was taking on Adams Central. Now, you'd think when Manchester get off the bus, it's a 15-minute bus ride. Adam Central comes in with about a 14-minute bus ride, and Manchester looked like it. Greg, the first 16 minutes of that basketball looked like molasses coming out of a tree in New Hampshire in December. These kids were slow. Second half, Coach Henson really got them going. We had a slobber knocker. The ball game, it went overtime, and Manchester dropped a heartbreaker to Adam Central by the score of 70 to 69. So then we uh, turned and went up to North Miami, where on Friday night, uh, we had the North Miami and Southwood game. Let's just say uh, for the point of discussion, Southwood won. And in the second game, it was Lakeland Christian and Northfield. Now Northfield went into this grade with high hopes. They thought they, bet they, knew they, we're going to play Southwood in the finals, but they forgot to win that ball game. Lakeland Christian, who has a really nice young team, defeats Northfield 60 to 47. Then the championship game rolled around. It was tied, uh, excuse me, the score was 12 to 11 after one quarter of play. Uh, Southwood was taken on Lakeland Christian. And then the guy that took over the tournament every single game for Southwood took this game over and led Southwood to a 69. The 44 victories, they move on to the regional. But Greg, I got to tell you, Carson Rich in the first game had 40 in three quarters. In the second game, he has 27. In the championship game, he has 40. He definitely led Southwood to this title. And again, Bob, this, this is not the vintage Southwood team of, say, three years ago that made the state finals play. It's such a fun style of basketball, finished as the runners-up to Morristown. But there was not a dominant team in this sectional. But coming in, it appeared to me they were the clear sectional favorite. That kind of matched your line of thinking on this one. Yeah, we kind of thought that they would go go in there as the favorites. Uh, but they've had some issues with injuries, and uh, that kind of it, it's still lingering for them, Greg. But I but I agree with you. This is not the prototypical Southwood team, but this is a Southwood team that has played the best defense of all those teams. I have seen in 16 years of seeing Southwood basketball, this is the best defensive team I've ever seen. And now they will head to Frankfurt. They are in the same regional as Central Catholic. And for so many teams, that has been a stopping point over the years. This is a Central Catholic team that is playing well, but a Central Catholic team that's in the neighborhood of 500 this year. They have they seemingly have dealt with as much of a COVID issue as any school I can think of that we cover 
on a regular basis on the ISC Sports Network. Central Catholic beat a good Covington team uh, in their championship of their sectional in Attica. For a couple of years, Southwind Central Catholic were in the same sectional, despite being as spread out as they are. They now feed in the same regional, and they're two of the favorites in that regional. There's the emotional story of Cowan that is in that regional, who wins back-to-back sectional championships. For those that don't know, tragically, the coach, Lee Ingalls, that was their head coach for last year's sectional title, which was their first in 44 years, uh, died in a car accident in October uh, before the season started. So they were playing some inspired basketball. Cowan is led by Riley Duncan, who is six foot ten, which is something you don't often happen uh, at the one A level. Uh, but again, it's 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 an it's an open regional, so there is an opportunity for Southwood to make a deep tournament run here. Uh, I I agree with you hundred percent, and I've sat down and, I, and I've looked at numbers. I have looked at the competition, all the teams have played, and I agree with you also. Uh, Lafayette Central Catholic has kind of been the the one that. COVID has messed with more this season than the rest of the teams. So they play such a legit schedule. But if anybody in this section, I mean regional, comes out and plays basketball, anybody can win this. But I honestly feel Southwood has a shot. And again, whoever comes out of this regional will likely be the underdog to the <laughs> assumed regional champion up north in Couch. Uh, Couch was the only ranked team in the northern half of the bracket this year. Um, a lot of the teams were ranked from the south. And all those teams have played each other and knocked each other out. A couple more have been upset. Uh, teams like Bloomfield, uh, Morristown, Edinburgh that lost to unranked foes in the southern half of the bracket in 1A. All right, we'll get talk more about other regionals coming up in just a matter of moments. Let's talk about the sectional I was at. And again, this is the, the group of doom uh, every year. Uh, four ranked teams in 4A got together at Tech High School, one of my absolute favorite gymnasiums in the state of Indiana. Uh, we had about, I would say, 30 to 40 percent crowd availability, which made a world of difference. The atmosphere was tremendous. Uh, the, there were no blowout games. There were only a couple of nail biters uh, during the course of, of, of competition. Clearly, the headliner matchup in terms of ranked team versus ranked team going in was the Wednesday night draw of number three, Lawrence North and number four, Cathedral. Uh, Cathedral got out to a great start. Ellen quickly answered. Ellen pushed kind of Cathedral aside and held it at bay. Turned out to be a 12-point game, very similar to how Lawrence North ended up winning the championship over North Central on Saturday night. What turned out to be the game of the sectional, much as it was a year ago in the, in the sectional final, was Lawrence North and Lawrence Central. That came down to two Shamar Avance made free throws with 32 seconds left to go. Uh, Warren got a couple of late good looks that would not go, including a floater by Sean Black from about 10 feet away on the baseline at the buzzer. That's a little bit strong. Lawrence North survives to win. And LN wins that sectional now for a second consecutive year. They are now 50 and four over the course of the last two seasons, 25 and two in each of the last two years. And Baz, here's the thing that, that stands out to me is that just because of, of, of the proximity of their conference schools in that sectional, there are four mixed schools. It's the reason why we cover 
that sectional every year. But just also the luck of the draw in the Marion County Tournament, LN played nothing but mixed schools. There's six mixed schools in the county. LN literally played for the other five to win the county championship. In other words, against the best league in the state, they have played 13 times Baz, and they're 12-1. and one. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable to be able to sustain that. People don't understand how difficult that really is, Greg. The thing is, is that, you know, the first repeat champions in the sectionals is North Central, won it in 16 and 17. And, you know, the expectation is, is whomever comes out of that sectional now is the favorite to go the rest of the way to the state championship. Um, the two teams that LN have lost to this year are numbers one and numbers two, who will play each other at Logansport, that being Homestead and Carmel uh, coming up uh, in a game that will be a 9.30 tip-off uh, on Saturday morning from the Berry Bowl. Um, I would say this, LN is more of a favorite in their regional than they were in their sectional, uh, just because of the number of ranked teams are in their sectional. LN will play Ben Davis, uh, who does have the addition of Jaden Brewer, didn't or wasn't able to play on the varsity until the uh, the middle of, of January. However, Brewer was playing for Ben Davis when LN won at their place by double figures on February the 12th. Other two teams in that regional are Mount Vernon, which came out of the very balanced uh, sectional at Richmond, and Plainfield, who is the number five team in the state, but who wins a 4A sectional title for the first time in school history. The last time they won a sectional, they were the 3A state champions in 1999. They moved up on enrollment the next year. They had not won a sectional since. Congratulations, Andy Weaver and company. And for those that did not catch their sectional score, wasn't exactly a high-flying game. Quakers won 29-28. They don't care. They just wanted to get to the <laughs> you know, the first time in a couple of decades. So as far as what regional I'm going to get to have on Saturday, that's still kind of up in the air working through the IHSAA. Uh, but I can tell you that, uh, again, unequivocally, Lawrence <laughs> North is the favorite in that regional at Southport. All right, with that, before we continue, if you're a student athlete and feel you've been overlooked by universities, Lawrence Intellectual University has a unique program for you to recruit yourself. Take a listen. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, eSports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. All right, welcome back here on uh, State Champs Indiana Hang Time. Greg Rakestraw, Bob Stan, back with you, presented by Lawrence Neological University. Baz, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you your pick. Uh, again, I know you're going to Frankfurt. Uh, yeah. Me, shrugging my shoulders. Uh, we'll, we'll know after we, we record this podcast. But if there is a regional you're look, mo look, most looking forward to, what would it be? Logansport. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say that any quicker? Uh, that, that thing there is, uh, wow, Homestead, Carmel, Carroll, and Lafayette, Jeff. Kind of what you and I both thought uh, with this whole thing uh, before it even got drawn out. We knew where by area they were going to go. This is uh, this is the top regional, I feel, in the state of Indiana. Uh, and this is going to be a slobber knocker time. I'm not sure the attendance they're going to let in, but uh, it, it is going to be a lot of If you can get a ticket there, you go there. 
that they're going to allow 950 fans per school and they will clean out and sweep the gym in between the morning sessions. So which is why Carmel and Homestead will play at 930. The traditional regional start time is 10 a.m. They're going to bump that 30 minutes. They're going to attack on 30 minutes because obviously you can't delay the second game all that much because it is already an advantage to play in the 10 a.m. game. Um, you can't make the kids wait till like one and then come back and play at seven or seven thirty. And so that's the reason why that is that is bumping up. Again, Carmel has played the other two top four teams. Homestead has played the other two top four teams that we spent so much time talking about during the season. Um, Carmel has played a couple of Fort Wayne teams. Homestead played like half of Marion County. Uh, these two did not play each other. I can tell you though. From watching these two teams play, um, they play a very similar style. Homestead is a bit more apt to get up and down the floor. Um, It's the defensive matchups that I think that are interesting. Um, You know, Luke Goody at about six foot six. Mm -hmm. Likely he is going to be that Pete Suter will draw the assignment on him. Pete was a starter as a freshman on Carmel State Championship team from two years ago. Kind of a guy that that gets you. 15 points, but five rebounds, four assists, a couple of steals. will hit the game-winning bucket. Not their leading scorer, but their their clutch guy. If it's a one-possession game late, he's the guy getting the basketball. Um, I think Suter's an apt defensive matchup for, um, for, for Goody. The other star player, clearly for Homestead, is Fletcher Lawyer, the junior that has verbal to play at Purdue. And Fletcher goes on about 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". Baz, am I right on that? Yeah, yes, you are correct. 6'4". Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so the guy that will likely guard him for Carmel is a player named uh, Josh Wack. And it is the family tradition. His older brother, Jalen, was the same way. Uh, they will occasionally look to shoot. Uh, they, they will be waiting for Homestead to get off the bus. Uh, Josh <laughs> will then follow Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, in the locker room, bathroom, up the stands to say hello to his mother, uh, you know, on the floor throughout the entire game. Uh, and so I'm not saying that, that guys like Lawyer and Good are going to be completely shut down. They're, they're, they're too good of players. They're both going to play in the Big Ten. But Carmel does have athletes that defensively, I think, can match those two. It's what Carmel hangs their hat on is what they can do from a defensive standpoint with teams averaging 41 points a game. I mean, my goodness, Westfield scored 27 in the sectional championship game, and they're a really solid basketball team. So just because I say who's going to guard whom doesn't mean I think Carmel's necessarily going to win the game. I think it's I think it's going to be a really good game. But I do know that Carmel has some pieces that I think can slow down the big two of Homestead, and there have been few teams all year that have been able to do that. Yeah, Greg, I, I got to agree to an extent, but, you know, a lot of people overlook Grant uh, uh, Simmons in there. That, yep. uh, Simon's a pretty good player at 6'4 himself, and uh, he's a load to take care of. But, you know, this sounds a little funny, but Homestead calls themselves the Carmel of the North. Uh, same school, <laughs> same school color, uh, yep. the gold and blue. And so this is going to be a, a great basketball game for Pearson, Indiana. Is you're going to have great size, great athletes. And I love what you bring up about defense. Because that's another thing that Coach uh, Coach Johnson preaches at Homestead. So this is going to be a, an outstanding basketball game between these two powerhouses. You know, honestly, you know, Grant may be the guy that, that might have the biggest mismatch because there's not that third guy that's a perfect fit to guard him. 
Oh, you know, Brian Waddell is a starter for Carmel at six foot seven, long, lanky kid. He's not as athletic uh, as 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 Suter uh, nor Wack. Uh, Connor Joy is a starting point guard. He's five nine. The other starter is Charlie Williams, who's six foot ten. So there's not that direct matchup. Uh, Carmel this year has played a bit more zone at times against teams. Um, I, I don't think Holmes is a team you can zone up uh, mm-hmm. just because of, of how good of a shooting team they are. Uh, Carmel will run a deliberate half court set. They, are, they, they will they will find open threes. They will find Williams, who again six ten and left handed, tends to be a guy that can find his own shot in terms of the low block. Um, again, uh, there, there's a good chance that's the matchup. I end up going there, and, and we've had Homestead twice on ISC. I have not called either game, so I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing them for the first time. And of course, as Bob knows, I have my Carmel letter jacket from last year, so that way we can get that covered. Now, the the other game uh, to watch, uh, I got to see Lafayette Jeff a good amount last year. I have not seen them this year. Uh, You get to see Carroll, or at least be around them on a somewhat regular basis. Break down the Carroll and Jeff matchup for me. Well, I I think this is going to be an intriguing matchup because uh, Carroll comes in playing mostly the sack schools and and, uh, uh, get after it. Uh, coach does a great job there with his kids on the defensive end. Do they like to score points? Oh, yes, they do. Uh, but, but Coach, this is the – what people understand, the coach at uh, Carroll is kind of what we call the Wapahani connection. Uh, with a lot of the coaches, uh, I think there's five coaches in Indiana right now that uh, uh, played or coached at Wapahani as a group. And they're sitting here 18 and 6. And they have been strong all year long. And this is going to be some tough matchups for teams. As, as you look at Jackson coming in here, getting almost 23 points a game, and, and you're sitting there saying, well, the next guy is Preston at 10, and they only average 59. Well, let me tell you what. They're going to come at you defensively. They're going to block off on the board. I think these guys are a tough matchup. And the reason being, Greg, they shoot the ball when they need to shoot the ball. They don't have to shoot the ball. In other words, they will play a patient ball game. Carroll, by the way, has played Carmel and North Central in the last month of the year and lost in close to both of them. You know, Lafayette Jeff is led by Brooks Barnheiser, uh, who is averaging staggering numbers, you know, low 30s points per game, nearly averaging a triple-double. Obviously, it was he and his brother Braxton last year on a Jeff team that got knocked off in the sectional before everything shut down. This is amazing to say for Lafayette Jeff. This is their first sectional title in 11 years. Uh, back since Scott Radiker was coaching him in, in 2010. There is going to be both an advantage in terms of proximity for Lafayette Jeff. They by far have the shortest drive to Logan Sport. And in terms of familiarity, because they play in Logan Sport every other year. Although that being said, Carmel has played in Logan Sport every year except last year since 2014. And Carmel's head coach, Ryan Osborne, is a native of Logan's Port. So he played in the Berry Bowl growing up, uh, and he knows it very well. Um, Barnheis is going to be worth the show for Lafayette Jeff. My guess would be one through five. Carroll's the better team. But the best player on the floor in that second game is going to be Barnheiser. And he, I think, is an outside candidate for Mr. Basketball, depending on how far this Lafayette Jeff team goes. So along with that, let's now talk about uh, kind of the Mr. Basketball race. 
Clearly, Luke Brown is in the mix, given the fact that he has now gotten to fifth on the all-time scoring list. Potentially, he could get to the 3,000-point mark by the time he gets to uh, the end of the day on Saturday. If Blackford can make it out of the regional at LaPel, I think he can get to second uh, in terms of the all-time scoring list. He, I don't think he can catch Bailey, but I do think he can catch Marion Pierce, Deshaun Thomas, Romeo Langford, which is a rather remarkable statement to make out loud. Uh, Caleb first, obviously, because we expect Blackhawk at worst to kind of make the state championship game uh, in 2A, and they're the favorite in 2A as well. Bray Kaufman-Wren, of course, we expect Silver Creek. They were able to survive and get past North Harrison on Friday night. They're the favorite to make it out of the South uh, and play in the state title game for the second time in three years. And those two guys are going to Purdue. Barnheiser, Brown, and I think I think that's where the discussion ends, you know, at, at this point. If Jalen, if you insert Jalen Blackman's name over Brooks Barnheiser, if Marion got him by Lafayette, Jeff, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Anybody you think I'm missing in terms of the Mr. Yeah. Basketball race? No, I have to agree with that. I, I think if Marion would have upset Lafayette, to me it would have been an upset. Then you have to consider Jalen the past uh, couple games. He's uh, uh, scored over 100 points. Uh, right. Brown Brown gets 50 the other night. No, and you look at Barnheiser. Uh, this kid's alone no matter what he does. He does everything well. But you, I, I guess I have to look at one player. And I, my favorite, I, sentimental maybe, is Luke Brown because not only what he did for the team, Greg, what he did for the community and county of, of Blackford and Hartford City is, is a this is a movie in the making. The deeper that he can go, the farther up the scoring chart he can go, um, the better off for him. Again, yes. I, I do think this is going to be a race that is determined by how far your team goes, because we have talked about their amazing depth that is in this class. Um, what there is not is, is a single dominant player. You know, we have a slew of players that are major division one players and a lot of big 10 caliber players that are a part of this senior class. Uh, there are no McDonald's all Americans that are in this group. And Luke, you know, played for a smaller school right. is going to a smaller division one university going to right. play for Stetson uh, down in Deland, Florida. But given the crowds he was able to play in front of uh, before the COVID restrictions hit for this year, and given the staggering numbers that he has put together, he's got as good of a shot as anybody. And what's kind of unique is that there is a decent amount of geographic separation uh, kind of between what I would consider the four candidates. You know, he's 50, 60 miles away from Caleb First in Fort Wayne. He's much further than that from Trey Kaufman as well as as, as Brooks Barnheiser. In other words, voters aren't going to kind of cannibalize each other uh, in, in a certain part of the state. So if he gets to the semi-state, if he gets to 3,000 points, if he gets to number two in the all-time scoring list, I think that dramatically helps his chances. Any other players, teams, coaches, you want to discuss before we exit stage left? I think another great matchup is going to come at North Judson, by the way, in that first game with Cherubusco and Blackhawk. Blackhawk is going to get tested in this bad boy. It should be a lot of fun up there at North Judson. So other than that, 
great weekend coming up. I hope everybody get out there and stay safe. You know, on on, on on my front on that, you know, we had some paths kind of open up. You know, we had, you know, the great sectional 10 at Tech in 1A, the great sectional 63 uh, in terms of uh, uh, the one down at North Davies that Bar Reed was able to survive and get out of. Yeah. I need to do a little bragging on the alma mater. Lanesville winning a sectional title for the sixth time in school history. Wow. We feed into Bar Reeves Regional. Thankfully, do not play them until the potential championship <laughs> game. <laughs> but uh, but we four A is a, a little bit different, where you've got the obvious Carmel versus Homestead clash. And but after you get past that point, there are definitive favorites in terms of the state championship setup. Where in one A, it's far even counts. Mm-hmm. In two A, it's Blackhawk and Shenandoah. In three A. It's Hammond and Silver Creek in 4A. It's Lawrence North and whoever survives Carmel and Homestead. So we have some definitive chances for Cinderella's from to pull an upset. But at the same time, you know, I, I, of the eight spots that are available on April the 3rd, after the sectional round bass, we have nine teams I can point to and say those are the favorites to make it there. No argument. I agree. I, I, Unfortunately, and I'm very sorry to say this, I agreed with what you just said. Uh, I, I can't even get an argument in there because uh, those are some legit contenders right there. And again, it, it, it may make the regional and semi-state rounds, I guess, say a little bit boring. Um, but at the same time, it would set up a wonderful day of basketball, oh. which is nice since it's going to compete with the Final Four uh, about 10 blocks away uh, on April the 3rd. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen here in the city of Indianapolis. For March Madness. My friend, enjoy your time in Frankfurt. I hope you get to hang around for a couple of games on Saturday. We'll do this again next week. Take care, my friend. Everybody stay safe. You got it. For Bob Stambazzi and West Wolf behind the scenes, this is Greg Rakestraw. Thank you for listening to State Champs Indiana Hang Time, presented by Lawrence Technological University.